sharing huge space. Look how fast he's going. Polar opposite of the conditions he won in Lords. Rain soaked Lords. They're getting the last step down. The crowd is roaring. He is going to do it. He's going to smash the time. Downhill racer and our expert here today, Andrew Needling. How's it? Welcome back to the show. This is Moving the Needle Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Nietling. Hey, if you're new to the show, well, I come from a downhill mountain biking background. I love getting into the psychology behind racing and sports in general. But this episode is going to be a little bit different because I'm not interviewing someone. I want to dig into the racing. Yes, you heard me right. The world champs of mountain biking. It took place in a weird COVID year. It was at Leo Gang, the last time it was there in 2012. It was an insane race. The weather obviously played havoc on the course. So I lent on a good friend of mine, Mark Beaumont. We're going to pick apart the racing, see what we thought about it, dig into some of the guys that did well, some of the guys that didn't do well. I'm going to call it bench racing because that's how I like to think of it. I'm sitting at home on the couch, watching the racing, analyzing shoot me a message, a direct message or something. What do you think we should call these episodes? And also let me know if you like these episodes and you want to hear more of them. So without further ado, on to us chatting about the racing. All right, well, it's been a bizarre year and an even bizarre world champs. And uh, I've called on a good friend, winner of past World Cups. He's been on the podcast before, so make sure if you haven't heard that one, go back. Do yourself a favor. So thanks to Mark Beaumont for coming on the show. We're going to try, I like to call it bench racing. Uh, we've obviously been shooting each other texts about the world champs and I think no better place but to start this bizarre year with a bizarre race. And Mark Beaumont, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing really good. Um, thanks again for having me. It's cool to um, to be invited firstly and then secondly also, you know, hopefully shed a little bit of experience onto what I mean I don't think I've seen one in those kind of conditions before I, I think we've been close but not quite as bad um you know try and shed some light on on what these guys are going through and having to deal with uh on a day like yesterday well I mean just it just jumps to me like the only thing I can think of is was it is it 07 when Danny won and no not 07 2011 I'm thinking of when we raced in 2007 how horrendous the conditions were and turned in Champery in Switzerland yeah but yeah. as a world champs go and as a lottery run because you just weren't going to guarantee yourself a clean run even if you rode safe and we saw that in the world champs now in Leo gang so I mean that makes me think of of 2011 in Champery when Danny put down that incredible run. Yeah, for sure. I think it was it was very similar um, <clears throat> to to 2011. I remember I've often said, you know, one of the only times I've ever sat in the start hut and been like, man, what am I actually letting myself in for? The way that the rain was coming down and 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 how how severe the the conditions were that day. And you know, I can. I can definitely say I've not set off when there's sideways snow coming across the hill and uh, and you're going into you know the unknown a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there was just times when any other sport almost would have been cancelled. It's props to everyone that raced. What a bizarre year! And I mean, it's it's an amazing that they got this race to happen. Of course, being this late in October, there was a good chance the weather was going to be a crapshoot, and it was so. 
A world champs is always a unique race. 2020 has been like the most bizarre year for, for anyone as a human. It's been like a social experiment, I feel. And now you've got thrown these races down a mountain um, in the most odd, bizarre weather. And, and I said to uh, Greg, and Greg kind of chirped me back. Earlier in the year, I said, man, you know, weather's going to play more of a role than ever. You know, what about the weather? And he said, well, I mean, he almost chirped me. He said, oh, but you always prepare for bad weather. Like, you know, we're used to it. It's not going to affect it. Well, I kind of like to beg for a bit of different. It's different now. I mean, look at that. You've got s potential snow that could have canceled the race. Never have we been told that qualifying could be the results if they'd canceled the race. That's a unique thing in itself. Yeah, yeah. You know, and you've witnessed it firsthand, the gamesmanship that goes on through Worlds with you know, your own federation, like the, the British support was, was well, it, it differed from times, but at times we had loads of support and there'd be guys on track and I pretty much knew what time I could do before I got to Sunday. So seeding, if I didn't want to, didn't have to matter because I didn't have to try. But this weekend, you had to try because you might have got a, a bronze medal or a silver medal or even, you know, a gold medal off the back of you know, your, your result in seeding. So effectively you had two chances. It's such a mind, it's such a mind game. So let's, yeah, let's set the stage. So we're, if, if uh, you've been living under a rock, uh, world champs happened on Sunday, the downer world champs in Leo gang, 2020, an odd COVID year. They, they made it happen. <clears throat> Excuse me. Most, if not all the riders made it there. Uh, it sucks that we didn't get all of them. There were some Australians that couldn't make it out or made a decision. Blinkensop wasn't there. Um, and then add to that, like you spoke, we've got this odd year. We've got world champs. There are only a few nations that race coming to it, that new yeah. pace. And if you look at the French, the French were up there in qualifying. And then maybe set some light to the listener what a world champs is different to a world cup you've got federation you've sometimes got more budget which means more people on the track timing the sectors that the the fan sees at home those timing splits that we see on the red bull tv well you guys often have your own timers setting out your own splits so you know what a perfect sector for mark beaumont could look like or loik would have known hey if he puts all his good sectors together this is the time he's looking for. So speak a bit to to that sort of support at a World Champs. Yeah, so I think like, well, first and foremost, the, the, the sport has evolved a lot. So individual teams now provide similar support within their, 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 their specialized team or whoever it might be. And basically we would have people, perhaps someone with a video camera and it's filming all the top guys so in an evening, you'd sit down with your team, um, Team GB, and we'd all watch it and we'd see, oh, well, such and such is doing this. Um, so and so is doing this, which is completely different, but works. And then we'd have the times to go alongside it. So like you said, you would almost build a, a good run or a good average. You would know it would, you would finish in three minutes, 30 and that is before you've even got to the race on Sunday. So you've got like almost more information. And sometimes it was good for me and sometimes it was bad. It was too much information. And I just needed to do my thing and, and be instinctive. But there is a lot more support definitely around the world championships where they send people that help 
directly from the federation of each country. Yeah, I think it's interesting. I think sometimes you're so used to a World Cup season, like you said, the the teams are getting uh, more support. They're investing in these sort of, well, there's a a lot of managers that are former racers that can help with timing videos. And and depending on the rider, what input you need. And if you're a good manager or a good coach, you'll know what your rider needs. This is an interesting one. And and I want to ask your opinion on it. I thought that the French are always pretty prepared because of their federation and stuff. And they were one of the few nations that had their French nationals <clears throat> and a few yeah. riders that did go out and race them. Your likes of Greg Menard did a few. I know yep. Troy did like one invitational race. And you could almost see and spot, especially in qualifying, because they only had one day practice on a very challenging track that was very slippery. So you, it was tough to get comfortable um, and then they've got like a morning of practice. Then they had to do the seeding run, which was then told to them, hey, it could be a final. And and you saw most of the good riders had raced and were comfortable in those conditions. You know, like Loic and Loris were up there. Greg had a problem yep. but had very good splits. He'd been racing. You know, and yep. all the guys, Remy Tehran had been racing. Like all the guys were either very comfortable in those conditions or had some racing under their belt. And and someone like Aaron Gwynn, I know, had some issues but maybe wasn't as comfortable as he normally was when it was dry, being up to speed so quickly. Yeah, totally. I I sort of picked up on that as well. As the guys who, if it had been me, you know, I'm, I'm obviously retired. I would have made myself right. I need to be in France. These guys are racing. I need to be racing because for me personally, I would, I would grow in confidence as I raced and I'd have more 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 belief or more trust and and my riding would go would step up so to to go from cold turkey to the biggest race in the in the calendar is would be such a big task for me personally especially with short time frame one day and then you've got a seed and it and it matters or it could potentially matter it was a good chance it could have mattered I think for most people, it, it it would have been a tall order. There's only a few that could really rise to the occasion and, and get and know what race speed is without racing. There's only a few that can do that. Yeah, yeah. And like you touched on, you touched on, on Gwynny and, you know, you cannot, you cannot criticize anything that he's achieved. But I feel that preparing yourself in California on, let's be honest, sandy trails sandstone that's high it's high traction kind of terrain um it's a ridiculous ask to come to europe and ride in mud up to your axles and and to be comfortable with what two days two and two yeah i i was thinking that as well i've got him on my notes and but but you've touched on it 100 percent. i've got so much respect for men and i think it was dry he could be a rider that could rise to the occasion without even having been under the clock in 2020 i've no doubt with that he has that mindset he has the skill he has the strength he has the confidence at leo gang but there is no sugarcoating that he was underprepared for this race considering the conditions yeah but also I'm not going to jump in on that because we got COVID travel restrictions. We're lucky that we saw him there. Mm-hmm. You know, like it was, I, I don't even know what, you know, hoops they had to jump to get there. So that is I'd, tough. That is a tough pull to swallow to say, you know what? I would have been there, but I couldn't, you know, like travel restrictions. 
We didn't know if the race is going to happen. Why, why get on a plane if we don't even know if it's going to happen? Yeah, yeah, totally. I believe he had to pay for a COVID test to leave, to leave the, the country. He, I saw a thing on his Instagram that said that all of his team had to pay for these tests and they weren't, it wasn't like, you're not caught, not 50 bucks. Like it was multiple. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't happy about that. That's pretty funny. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, so we've said it, I've said it a bunch of times. Like, it's awesome that this race happened. It's so cool that we're going to sit and pick it apart. And it's actually almost like a miracle that it did. But it makes us feel a little bit more normal about 2020. But let's jump Let's jump into it. So um, people that watch the race um, know how crazy those conditions were. Uh, another spanner in the works is they, they obviously, for World Champs, wanted to build and freshen the track up. Now, the challenge with that is... Often they do it and it's not pissing with rain, so the, the track cuts in, it's nice and fresh, it's awesome, great. You look you look like you've done a good job. But now you cut in a new track that hasn't been ridden and then the weather comes. It's almost like you wish the old track had been there, you know, to maybe keep it as a more like... It was a bit of a lottery, let's be honest. It was a little bit of a lottery that last woods and that kind of made or break the race, made or broke the race. <clears throat> yeah, I totally... I totally agree. And I was with watching that the early practices and the seeding and, you know, I was keeping up with it just like a, just like a fan. I wasn't speaking to anyone directly that was there or anything. And I was like, wow, this is amazing because we have a track that really challenges the world's best on a technical level without the pressure of the race. It's just a, uh, a challenge to ride from the top of those woods to the bottom of those woods was a challenge for anyone. No one was yeah. riding down there. 100%. Saying, it, you, couldn't, you couldn't do that 10, 10 out of 10 runs. You would have a mistake or crash. Uh, exactly. Exactly. Which, in my, in my opinion, I think that the world's best need to be challenged more. But as you said, they have unforeseen weather or weather like they had. And then it does become, you know, if you have 10 minutes of of wind and no rain the course is completely different over the course of 10 minutes just because the consistency of the mud changes or likewise it rains hard for 10 minutes in the mountains as you know and it'll be completely different you'll cut through it nice and easy there'll be more traction the mud doesn't stick etc etc yeah i'm just thinking about it i'm like i yeah i agree it's so cool to see riders challenge you know that feeling at the top going this is a bit of a lottery and and the world champs must challenge the best riders in the world and and they got challenged by the weather they got challenged by not having pre-races like what a unique race yeah. first race and there you have it we're going to we're going to give someone stripes so you know there's no excuses you got to get on with it and and I saw a lot of that I think the riders they rose to the occasion and the lottery thing is I do stand by that because I don't feel that the top riders, that many, caved under pressure. Those were conditions. Those were were mistakes that were going to happen. And not many guys were going to get a clean run. And I think if you were reflecting on that before the race started, Mark, I mean, think about this. You could say, cool, 50% of my competitors are going to crash. And yeah. like of the 50% that don't crash, how many of those are going to be like a bit kind of like, screwed but you know like kind of head fucked before the race even started with the conditions you know 
Yeah. You know, you know, yeah. in the wet, it's almost like if you can really just keep to yourself and focus on being positive and get through it, you're almost like racing against less riders. Yeah, 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 totally. Because people, you know, you get down in the dumps, you complain about you being cold or the weather or, yeah, exactly that, exactly that. And I think it was a, it was a race to its worlds. You've got to risk it. You've got to throw the whole kitchen sink at it. But then to the extent where the guys that, the, the only person that I felt that rode those woods, I might be, I might be jumping ahead a little bit. No, please go for it. That, that rode those woods to a point where he was like, I don't care whether I get through or not, but I'm going all in. Remy Tyrion, what an, what an animal. Yeah, no, absolutely. I was going to say, like, you have to exactly throw it all on the line. It's world champs. Like a safe run doesn't get you a medal or a top five for points like a World Cup would. So no. you've got to go in those conditions. Like a safe run is super smart. You're going to get a great result, but you're not going to win. And like that no. to that fine line, he, he wrote it so aggressively that he almost could make a mistake or two and he was still on the podium. But if he didn't make yeah. the mistake, he might have won the race. Yeah, so yeah, he was absolutely rode like, like a man <clears throat> possessed. Well, let let's jump into it. Let's jump into to the women, ladies first. Um, man, props to them for this track. I I mean, we we were speaking about it before we we press record. Like, this is a tough for us to speak about it, but some are not always as physically strong. And those conditions, I mean, you they're amazing athletes. They're as fit. But sometimes they're not as strong on the bike. I mean, that's just a fact. And that made it even harder to get down. So what I witnessed out of the ladies' field was incredible. To to ride those woods, you know, Tane did that inside line and then messed up after that. But they were almost more challenged than the guys to start with. I think so. It's just, you know, you you the, them the their mass. They're they're obviously lighter, smaller, not physically as strong, and and. You know, the bikes, say the bike dry with nothing on is what, between 15 and 17 kilos, something like that. Yeah. And then you're looking at easy 10 kilos of mud on that bike, or like without a doubt. And, and you know, for some of those, some of those girls, once, once the, the crash happens, which, you know, it happened to everyone who, whether in men or women, the the gloves are dirty and the bike becomes obscenely heavy and then you've stopped momentum and your tires clog up and then it, it doesn't roll. Like you cannot get going enough to 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 clear the tire so it works like it should. Yeah. Um, so for sure, you know, it was tough and as we saw Tani when she rolled the dice the same as we just mentioned with Remy and and unbelievable took all the risks for the obviously for the win. And then once she slid off and started sliding down the hill, it was just, well, you can see, I it looks steep on TV, so you know that it was really steep. Yeah, I mean, it, they're saying it's as steep as a World Cup has been, and that means it's as steep as Shumpri, which was ridiculous at the time. And Tane, I think, what a ride, you know, to be up at all the splits, to be on pace after that injury, after all the rehab. Obviously, a COVID year worked into her favor. Me and Sven spoke about it if the season had started, what it could have looked like, and, and she would have been behind the eight ball, and this helped her. Yeah. So confidence for her going into these next few races, she'll be chomping at the bit. Great run. 
Um, but unfortunately, just you know, there was always going to be a mistake. And the ladies' field was almost the person that played pretty smart and got down. You know, there was almost less competition, so a lot more. You know, we're going to crash from you know, of the top. So, yeah, unfortunate for her. And then I have to feel for Tracy. I mean, Tracy Hannah. I was I was pretty emotional watching it, you know, just stay on your bike, stay on your bike, because I was kind of like, this is the one she really can and deserves to win after the breakout, not breakout season, but winning the World Cup series last year. Yeah. And and just missing out on Worlds, she's almost reminding me too much of Steve Pete, you know. You just want her to get it. She's put in so much hard work. She had a huge... Did you see the crash she took in practice? Yeah, I saw it on Joe Breeden's Instagram. Yeah. So guys, yeah, go look at Joe Breeden's Instagram. She took a huge crash, and and they're just so strong, so committed. She got back up. She was, she knew what was on the line, and she got through it. And uh, yeah, it was tough to tough to watch, but yeah, it's just one mistake in those woods, and like you say, the momentum isn't there. You kind of don't want to lock the brakes because that clogs the tires a bit, and you just need to almost have like a consistent pace through the woods, which was pretty much impossible to do, as you saw. Yeah. Yeah, it it was it was was totally, and and I, you have to take your hat off to how resilient they are, to you know, to take these hits and uh, and keep, you know, keep persevering for sure. Yeah, I, I've I've got a note here. Um, we'll we'll get on to Camille, um, Marine Caribou. Um, yeah, absolutely awesome. I was sat there like. Wow, and then obviously she she had some issues towards the bottom of the woods, and then that was it, game over. She was one of the favorites, absolutely coming in last year as well, just trading wins with with Tracy, and and her technical riding is great. She's she was easily one of the favorites, and yeah, and unfortunately, yeah, she didn't get to do it. Another one, Rachel Atherton couldn't even be there. She's still not a hundred percent from that Achilles heel. Um, injury so that's another you know tough one for her to sit out but yeah marine cabaru was was amazing and, and definitely one of the favorites so let's jump into the medals it's it's a bizarre year and and this and what we just spoke about we're not taking away anyone that got results here because that was even harder to get a result because you had to stay on your bike and go and go quick you know there's there's no excuses in racing you know if someone crashed you crashed um, a mechanical a potential excuse or a flat tire but a crash unfortunately you have to blame yourself even though the conditions were kind of a, a coin flip at best at that yeah, pace def- you know definitely they definitely were and but you can't you can't say the the ifs and buts and maybes because you know you you you've got well say one and a half chances at it with the weather you've got you've got to just apply yourself to to your start time and your race and just go for it and you know i think the in those conditions the more stuff you have in your head the 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 worse it is you just need to you know just go for it and it is what it is and then at least at least with the crazy season that we have you can walk away and say well i gave it i threw everything at it yeah, and and we can't uh, get let's let's before we jump to the top three, uh, Valley Hall. I mean, she is the real deal. She she came off a Crankworks win, narrowly beating out Tracy Hanna. She's first year elite. Obviously, she won everything at junior. She's learned how to win, but to jump straight into elite ranks and and show that speed and and delivering in qualifying. I mean, it would have been interesting to see 
if she could have delivered under the pressure of a world champs run. Yes, she had the crash. <clears throat> She's had a, a horrible injury um, coming up short on that big step-down jump. Um, but she is the real deal, speed-wise. I mean, she's going to be a challenge to these these ladies for the years to come already. Yeah, I think so. And you, you're looking at, you know, she's what, 20, 19? No, I mean, she's first-year elite, so she's... I must look 19. up her age. Yeah, I mean, she's only turning 19 or just turned 19. Yeah, and then you look at the people that are at the head of the of the ladies, There's there's a lot of experience and in their later years of her career so for sure you know she's gonna she's gonna go go on to be very successful and i hope her ankle you know that jump that jump was catching out some of the guys oh there was no it was it was pretty dangerous near the end of it absolutely yeah so third place um monica out of slovenia look she has had um two world cup podiums before she's had a third in valdesol very challenging track She's obviously had a, a podium at Maribor, so it's it's not like she hasn't been up there. Um, you could say the girls helped her. The time gaps are pretty big, but she got down the hill. She rode incredibly well, and and she's yeah. now you know got a third place. You know, a bronze medal at World Champs. That's pretty awesome. You know, yeah, in in yeah, trying sure. and challenging conditions. And no one can take that away from her. You know, no, she just she'll have it forever. Yeah. Yeah, and it was one of those days that I was sat there and I was like, it you, being in that race run and then having an issue where your gloves are muddy and if you've got to throw them off or whatever, like just just get back on and keep trying because how many you know how many of these girls were having issues where it, it wasn't all lost? They could you could keep going and still still scrape something. You know, okay, it's not a win or it's not. Uh, perhaps a medal but it's something you definitely be proud of oh absolutely yeah no she can be proud of that ride um incredible miriam nicole your reigning world champ she goes out with a crash um but still manages second so i mean obviously yeah. she was on pace again she you know she's been doing races and pre-races she's the ultimate professional she's bounced back from speak about resilience she's come back from a lot of a lot of injuries so that one will hurt as well, you know, being being so close with issues. So, and yeah. also being the defending world champ. Yeah, what a oh. tough race to defend. You know, you almost look. There's, I mean, racing's fair. There's a there's a start. There's a finish. Everyone's got to go down the same track. But you've got to feel for people that wanted to almost race in the jersey. They didn't get to race in the jersey. How's no, that? I was, I was just about to say. Like, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not having sympathy for Loic. He's had three, you know, three in a row, four of the last five. So we, I don't think we can have sympathy for Loic, which we'll get to. But Miriam didn't get to race in the jersey, and and she did a good effort. I mean, those conditions just so crazy. And then, I, yeah, I felt like she rode a calculated race. I felt that she rode, you know, obviously attacked everything that she felt confident to attack. And then once she got in the woods, she was just looking for consistency, and you know. <laughs> trying to stay on that thing as much as she could and you know consistency paid off and and very close to to bagging her uh, defending her title yeah and i mean camilla blanchet i mean that's amazing she has a world cup podium she's quite new to the sport we must remember that we can't say oh we we haven't heard the name as much um she comes from a bit of ews in 2016 2017 um her first world cup 2008 
18 in Leogang. Think about that. So her first downhill World Cup was at this very venue, but only in 2018. I mean, right. that's how new she is to, to World Cup downhill. So yeah, she she's just a real talent that's just, you know, quite new to the sport, quite inexperienced. So this might be an awesome confidence boost for her. Yeah, and maybe she is this confidence boost. She's the girl to to challenge Valley Hall. Yeah, and I mean, she's only been at two world champs before this. I mean, what a, I mean, how better of a story would you want? I mean, it's so great. And no one gets to take this medal away from you. You're always a world champ. You're always going to be in the history books. You know, you're going to have that jersey. You can race in it for a year. I mean, it's an incredible feat to pull off. And she, right, she did such a calculated race, so technically sound in the woods. And it's interesting. It's like if you're at the top and, and maybe in the women's field more than the men, you could say, look, a clean run has a real shot at this. You know, I yeah. don't have to put my best, best run together, but I need to stay on my bike. Those conditions didn't guarantee a safe, clean run. No. At other no courses, way. you could go, I'm going to play, I can play it safe here. Like, I know what speed will get me down. There was no guarantee in those woods at any speed. No, no, totally. I totally agree. And I've got here, am I, am I right in saying that she was the, the only girl, certainly in the, in the last 10, that didn't crash? She didn't actually fall off her bike. In, uh, from yeah, from my recollection, yeah, that's why I said like it was basically, and and we were all looking at it, it was the 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 game of not crashing. Yeah, she was the she was the one that stayed upright, but she rode well. You know, she didn't just stay upright; like she rode well the whole way down. She was clean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, I I agree. So yeah, bizarre, bizarre race to to end a bizarre year but it's not over we are gonna you know see some more racing coming up in the world cup so that was the the ladies field and it was it was awesome to see them back racing man those are those are the most challenging conditions i think we've seen at a race many many other sports would have cancelled you know way before that i was um i was speaking um to my father this morning and he said he watched like you know, same, just, I guess it's just in you after doing it for so many years. And uh, he said, oh, do you remember Caprun 2003? 2003, the last World Cup, my first year over, yeah. And I think that's, Dad said that those conditions were the worst he'd ever seen. Yeah, they were pretty crap, but they were, it's just because it was so muddy and wet. But I mean, the temperatures were okay. It just rained the whole time, eh? Yeah. It rained and it was like just rutted the whole way. Um, I think there was like a battle for the overall between Gracier and Rennie. Yeah. Rennie won. And Rennie basically Rennie. did it in like one of the last turns. Like he, you know, Gracier got bogged down and Rennie took a wider line or the inside. Yeah. That course was nothing to write home about and then the rain just battered it. Yeah. But that was, that was pretty bad. But I think Champery with Danny on 2011. Of, I mean that you're right. The rain was coming sideways at the top, and you were like, "What am I doing? Am I am I gonna get down this hill?" Yeah, and I and yeah, and totally. from some of the riders and some where you saw the mistakes, like those would have been the sections in your mind that were tough to block out. Where where Greg made a mistake, like you you knew coming in there, like the triple was maybe not on, but you no. want to go inside because you carry the most speed. But it's it was a lottery, you know. Just yeah. getting through there clean. So let's move over to the men. 
You started with it. I think uh, we spoke a bit about Gwyn. It was always going to be a challenge with this year getting over to be prepared in the mud. So he, yeah. he didn't quite feature in practice, not really anyone speaking about him. Um, this will be tough for him, you know. That's the one thing he just hasn't got in, in the CV yet is the world champs, and he's going to have to wait another year. Yeah, yeah, totally. And I, I, I kind of stick by what I said, that I think that the the way that the European guys are so strong, you know, you've got the French now, Brits have always been good, I think, in the in the mud. Greg's never been a slouch in the mud. I think if you wanna, if you, oh, Brosnan was impressive. Um, yeah, I, he I we had a real him. shot at it. He was he was the danger man, absolutely. Yeah, and I think you need you need to be in the mud and you need to mix it with the boys where they're riding roots and muddy, horrible messes. But when these, because these these situations are always going to come around, the the weather in the mountains is unpredictable, and you're yeah. I think like as the season goes on for him, he's he's ridden enough. You know, he does his prep, and I'm not gonna me and you, as we said, I'm not going to judge his preparation. He's oh no, got one of the greatest records, and and I respect that because you're in your bubble, you do your shuttle runs, you do your gym. And then you just need a little bit of touch on the European routes and stuff like that, which he gets quickly when a season, when you have time in a season, you know, like the world champs normally by the end and by the beginning of the season is normally okay weather. And then later in the season, he's had a bit of mud. I mean, one of his first mud races was Schladming in, I want to say I was on Mongo. So 2008, we'll have to look it up. And I had a, at the time had been riding in the, the, the mud enough in Europe. He we were like when come from California, he got ninth in Schladming in the rain. Right. And I was like, how? And he was just so headstrong, you know? A little bit different kind of conditions. But I was like, how yeah. does he how does he know how to ride routes? And it was just like he knows how to get down a hill fast when he wants to. So yeah, mm-hmm. I think the preparation for him with the COVID and stuff and those like severe conditions are always going to be a challenge. You know, like he was against the eight ball anyway. Yeah, and then I'd, um, yeah, I'd look to to see how he progresses. Now he's got what he's got to be here for th- three weeks, four weeks, is he? Yeah, for the for the next the two double headers. So, you know, I hope that he can turn it round and mix it here with these guys and have, I say, finish the season strong. But you know, just just have some success. That would be really cool to see. Yeah, I have all faith that he will. I think he's got the bike where he wants it. Um, uh, geez, man, there's so many names that, that we have to speak about that are not in the top five. But Shall I, shall I start with one? Please. Dude, one. do it. You go one, then I go one. Okay, so obviously there is a standout guy, but we'll get on to the, to the, to the top three. Uh, my standout ride out of the medals is Jack Moore. A hundred percent. How does Jump he not? How does he not have a downhill ride? But set, go into what you said. How many hours has he spent on his bike against the clock? Because he's done the enduros that they've had multiple rounds already. He's had some success. He's obviously confident on his bike, regardless of what it is. And then he was. He looked solid from the clips that I saw. Um, on the vital feed and you know in various other places and and then he pulls out that ride he goes into the lead and his 
is he looked mega. He looked really, really good. Yeah, I um I've got him here on my notes as well. I mean he backed he did qualifying was fast and then he backed it up in the final and, and you there is a little bit of like you can see the guys that have been racing, whether it's downhill, even some EWS, you can see they've got a bit of touch feel racing against the clock. And I mean, and Jack Moore, it kind of seemed like he just hopped on the downhill bike after the EWS season and did like Schladming, like a few laps at Schladming. And I'm like, yeah. he's going to race Worlds, isn't he? That's cool. Like, And this is a rider that was on Gwyn's team, which, which had some great success with Intense and then didn't get renewed and found himself looking for a ride and couldn't find a downhill ride. Yeah. And and, and got offered an EWS ride. But, I mean, he's a great all-round rider. He's a talent. He's a real, real talent. And I hope this means he can kind of race both like Eddie Masters. Yeah. Yeah. That would be really cool. And maybe that is. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. But it'd be cool if he, if he stayed around in downhill, which clearly he's talented enough to stay around. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's awesome. And don't get me wrong, he, I mean, I'm not saying he has to. He might enjoy EWS more. It it just seemed like, and from what I read and chatted to some people, um, yeah, it was probably forced on him. And, I mean, you know, if you're that young, you're not going to step away from the sport. He's an absolute talent, had some injuries here and there. All right, uh, my turn. Well, after that standout ride, how do we not talk about Brooke McDonald? Yeah. I mean, I mean, there's there's getting back from injury, which like I can barely fathom. And then there's like, okay, I'm gonna race again, and he did it at Crankworks. And to be honest, he looked a bit different at Crankworks. I chatted to my brother. I said, Brooks going fast. Brooke is insane. He impressed me. Like, what a ride! I was like cheering from home, doing the commentary. Like, what are we witnessing? This is so amazing. But he looked a little bit different, like, kind of on the bike. And and I think that was always going to be, you know, how how could he be confident just like first race back? But I think he just needed to tick off the race. And then he also has been talking about having some crashes and he needed to get the first crash out the way, which he did in Schladming. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he was fast. I mean, he yeah. was visually fast. Troy rode with him. You could see in the POV, like he was fast. He yeah, was yeah, not yeah. just competing. He was competing with a chance to do very, very well. Yeah. And totally, and he was he was there. He wasn't there to make up the numbers and just be an attendee. He was there to attack. He was there to get a medal. I guess like there was nothing to say that he he as you say he was he was fast. And I think from my experience, you know, with injuries, uh, you know, I haven't had anything on that scale. But even you know, you got shoulder issues. Whether um, I broke my ankle a couple of times. And you you know you're off the bike like six six weeks eight weeks, um, sometimes ten. Like one of my injuries was sort of like ten twelve weeks, and it's a hard process. And you sit down and you're like, geez, like no one's telling me that I'm I'm going to be fine. I'm going to walk again. I'm going to be able to ride my bike again. No one's saying anything of this. And then he's gone and done that from. Okay, I got to move my legs to start with. Then I've got to get strength. Then I've got to have the desire and the determination to get back to that level in 12 months or just over 12 months. I mean, it's unbelievable. Um, and we shouldn't, <clears throat> we shouldn't, uh, should not talk also about Remy Tyrion, who's done the same or not, not quite the same, not quite as serious, but still uh, a back injury. And he's come back to, 
to be successful as well. So well, he had the horrific crash at Leo Gang on that finish line jump. Yeah, when we said it looks dangerous, and tried to warn. That's like the irony of this whole thing. But that's another another sore topic that I don't want to butcher this podcast with. But no, yeah, no. I mean, coming back from scary injuries like that, I I don't know. I just can't even fathom it. It's just unbelievable. It shows you when you just set those small goals. And I think Brooke, you 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 wish you could be like Brooke, and he's such an inspiration, you know, to set those small goals. And he just had no, he just never doubted they would race again. So that was like the end goal, and then everything in between he could put up with, like yeah. rehabilitating himself. And I'm so thankful the season didn't start in April. I didn't want him, you know, that's just me, like maybe an elderly guy, like not wanting him to come back too early. You know, there's no rush for this. No, you, know, you don't want to come no. back too early and have another crash. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And he's had time to, to get a lot of a lot of miles in on the bike, a lot of downhill runs. He's going to be working harder than everybody else. You know, you know that bike's been absolutely thrashed to bits. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, and so. you and and you're right. Like when I saw his face and he and he finished in Crankworks, I wasn't there. Obviously, no one was allowed to be there. But the feeling I got was that he he was happy to do it, but he kind of, you know, as a racer, it doesn't matter if you have an excuse or a reason you're not going to be competitive. He like looked around, he was kind of like, okay, 11th. And he set a top 10 as a goal, he said, but I, 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 I hate to say it, but I'm sure he was like, oh, I wish I was like on the podium or something, you know? He was disappointed, which is great because the fire is still there. Yeah, yeah. And it could easily not be. Yeah. Absolutely. Then um, someone you thought, so we spoke about these weird conditions, someone that can throw caution to the wind, Danny Hart. I, I, I thought he would have, not. he's not a wild card. I mean, he's a two-time world champion. Um, didn't have the best qualifying, but I thought maybe he could have shown us something special, you know? Yeah, I felt I felt the same as if, if there was someone in the last five to ten that you were going to say, okay, I'll have a little punt on him. He, I, I don't know. I don't know his situation. I don't know what how his week's been or how his how he was, but it didn't come together. And and then I, here's a question for you: How many how many times have you seen? And I don't know. I haven't got. I should have wrote the statistic down, and I didn't. How many people in the top ten ranked riders in the world made mistakes or had issues? Well, six, bloody six, seven felt like bloody all all of them, and that's why I'm saying like it it wasn't due to pressure of the big stage. It was due to the inconsistency, and the French team was saying it's a lottery out there. Yeah, you no, yeah. we've never seen that many. No, I don't think so. And it, and you know that you know yourself when you're trying to striving to get that top ten, you're like, right, I, I've been there certainly. I've sat there at the bottom, and I'm like. Right, I need one of these guys, maybe two of these guys to have an issue, and then I've got a shot at the top 10. And it never happened. Well, imagine Reese Wilson. I mean, he's sitting there going, oh, I need a few of these guys. Eventually, like, shucks, a few more, I'll be medal. I, I, as soon as he came down, I put it on my story. I've actually saved it because I was like, I think we have just may have witnessed the World Championship winning run. Yeah. It's that clean. He was riding that well. I know we're jumping ahead. 
And he was able to do it without a mistake. And I don't know how many of these guys are going to get it done. Not because they crack under pressure. Not because they don't have the skill. It just was a lottery. We can't, we, I keep saying it. You're probably annoyed at it. But it was. Yeah. Yeah. And he made it look easy. Yeah, that's a, yeah, he did. I mean, we're jumping ahead, but this podcast should be kind of about him. He damn well won the world champs, and he did it in style, and he did it from the first practice run. Yeah, he was in everybody's everybody's feet, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, look, looking amazing. No, he was so good. Um, then, obviously, the f- well, we'll clump them all together. The, the Loiks, well, Loik and Loris, we should clump together. Greg, we must speak about as well. But Loik and Loris, they were, their preparation was always going to be good. Uh, they can ride those conditions. They've been racing their French nationals. Vergier has been doing very well there. Yeah, I felt that Vergier was, was going to be, was going to be the man. I really, I really did. I thought that he had something there that others didn't. Obviously, Reese had had a, an issue in seeding, so you didn't see, you didn't, you didn't see him uh, feature a time, um, and it, it just, it just, just went up in smoke. Yeah, Loris really. I mean that that qualifying run, and and let's be real, those guys got told that qualifying if it snows too much and we cannot race we're going to go off qualifying for medals we're going to hand out medals you know so they put down a fast run um conditions were in theory easier very tricky treacherous but not as bad as sunday but very slippery so um great ride by by loris i mean he's yeah he is really a force to be reckoned with loik was right there though so you know, it was a toss-up between those guys. But watching those guys ride the final and their splits and stuff, um, and Greg was great. Um, to me, Troy... So once Reese had done his run, I was like, I don't even know if these guys put down their good run if it's going to be fast enough. Yeah, That thought crossed my mind. And then I was like, when I watched Troy, I was like, mm, if he puts down a run, it may be fast enough. Yeah, and and he was he approaching the wood like the the hardest most technical part. He was up just yeah, only just, and then he he must have got offline or hit something that had become exposed during the race and then crashed right there in the first right. Yeah, he was he was riding confidently. I, I like his light riding style. He you know he was probably able to like hop the routes and carry momentum. Like if he made a mistake, it's not like as heavy as Greg that just like the front wheel is gonna really like bog in a rut uh, in like a deep rut. So yeah, that that one for me was was interesting. Do you think so? Wilson's number board's like thirty odd or something, right? Thirty thirty two. So he's come down. He's come down a lot earlier, if you think about it. I mean, I can go Same. go get the, you know, his number board's 32. So he's 20 ahead of these other guys. So that, if two-minute gaps, that 40 minutes. A track can change in 40 minutes. I, I hate, <clears throat> I hate to be, uh, to, to kind of say it, but I think that 
I'm not saying the woods were easier, but I think that the way something changed that, you know, they've got, who have I got here? Uh, is it like I say, Greg Williamson, he rode the woods perfect, feet up, lost eight seconds. Yeah, that, that was super interesting. We didn't get all of Reese's run in the woods. No. So maybe he had some other lines that we didn't see on the on the feed. I, I just I, I, I just think his ability, his confidence, the way he was riding, maybe with you know, some riders fuel off that. People are like, man, you're looking so good in practice. Some riders need that. Another thing I wanted to ask you is Someone like Wilson, someone like Trimmer, it's a home race. We all know how challenging that is for, for, for pressure. But there's no spectators. So it's kind of like I wasn't there. But in an eerie way, sometimes like some riders would benefit from being less spectators. And it's like grim weather. There's not that many people around. It doesn't feel like a world champs. You know? No. no. You know, in your head, you're like, you just go and do your thing. At a normal world champs, the spectators are good luck go for it you're looking you know there's so many more inputs to make you feel like wow that we're really on the world stage here yeah yeah totally and those and those sections that you would come in that were the difficult ones would be what five six deep with people on both sides and it would be electrifying the noise as you approached and you know sometimes you're like oh i don't feel so good in this section i'm gonna have to back it down but then other times it would lift you and you would be like uh why not i'll have a I'll have a roll of the dice here and see what happens. Yeah, um, other other sports like the top sportsmen have been saying like that it's a bit different. You know, they're there to put on a show and they, they, they get fueled from the spectators and the energy and stuff. And then you don't really have that now. Because, I mean, world champs in Europe, it gets festive. It really gets yeah. festive. You know, the beer gardens, it's it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it is amazing. And it must I didn't hear anyone comment on that, but it must have been really like really tough for them. Um you, it, it to me it probably feel like you were doing a training day where you're doing you're just smashing out the runs against the clock, you know, that was a that was commonplace certainly in the last few years that I did um international race. Yeah. Well, Great Britain, it's where you're from. Uh, you guys were always going to be good here. You got Bernard Kerr, Wilson from Scotland. So Bernard Kerr, incredibly strong rider in fifth. Um, he really can get it going when when tracks suit him and and he's not busy riding motorbikes. So great ride by him. He's been on a World Cup podium before. No surprise there. Um, I'm not I'm not saying these guys got any help. Uh, they got down the hill in the toughest conditions. They earned every bit of that. That that ride and and we're just speaking about there were some influences like maybe the track got a bit more boggy in certain sections or it got more washed out before that step down you know you'll never quite know um mark wallace uh his best before this was ninth at a world champs in saint anne in 2019 he's just that guy that just lets his riding do the speaking comes from canada i mean his winter off season is horrendous yeah, we're jumping to to Mark Wallace. He's seen his bit of bit of the silent assassin. He just lets his riding do the speaking. Such a great guy, mentored by the late Stevie Smith. Um, before this, his his best was ninth at at Worlds, um, and he hasn't um, 
hasn't had many uh, podiums except for a rain-soaked Lords when he came down and, and there was a bit of rain. But he's been sixth, he's been seventh. He's like cracking on the podium door. And maybe this yeah. is another bit of like reassurance for him. Like, I can do it. I've got to put it together. Yeah, he was impressive. I mean, he rides his conditions. As you told me, Mount Prevost, I mean, he rides these things in the off-season every day. Yeah. And going, looking forward, he was fastest qualifier in Maribor last year. So he's perhaps, you know, showed what he can do again here. And then he's going to go to Maribor, which looks like they're going to have some weather, potentially. Um, so I I was super impressed with him. He looked, he didn't look out of control. He didn't look ragged. He looked like he he was just executing the run that he wanted to execute and look like exactly what he knew what he was doing in tune with his bike, you know. Yeah, he's he's really calculated, and I think hopefully he can start like deciding where to like push a little bit f- harder on the track, and then those six and seventh, as you know, like if you're just there, they're easily third and fourths, and then if it's a third and fourth, and you're consistent with that pace, and that's yeah, I spoke to about Danny, spoke about it a lot with Oscar Size. Like if you're just there most weekends. You're going to convert some of those to wins and, and all sorts, you know? Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, I mean, uh, f- people's hero, if there were spectators there, would have been Remy Teron down those woods. Um, uh, unbelievable. Where, like the entry speed into that tough camber with the drop at the top, Every a few people went high, like high above that little route and then slotted in like a few yards before the drop, and it yeah. looked good. And, and when they did it, I was like, "No way, that was sick." I couldn't. He I went, thought they were going to high side. I was like, "When is someone going to high side coming in that late?" Yeah, well, he went all the way to the drop. He stayed on that banking all the way, and then level and down. And then he was like one of the first. Like, yeah, you kind of come into the woods, and then it was a right and a bridge, and then there was like a left, and then he like hugged the inside on the left. He was like one of the first who we were like, well, there's some new lines. Like, obviously, it's going to be Remy Tehran. And yeah. uh, I played a game with some of the guys on the podcast or even with you. And like, who would you pick as like the technical rider? Or if you could take someone's skill or build the perfect rider, like most people, Remy Tehran's name came came up, you know, and former World Cup winner. It was 2013, which is a while ago in Val Nord, which is one of the steepest, most technical, gnarly tracks down the bottom. But, I mean, he's had a sixth place at Val de Sol Worlds um, and Norway Worlds. So he does rise to the occasion at World Champs. Yeah, definitely. And it's worth mentioning that in Andorra, he won that race in the last minute of the track. The yeah, steepest, steepest part. Steepest spot. So this race was won and lost in the woods, and, and he managed to not lose it there. I mean, he was it was awesome. It was like he was so aggressive and carrying so much speed he somehow made some of it look easy. And then he also got away with murder. You know, some of it, he could have easily crashed. There were a few there that he should have almost crashed. So great ride by him. I mean, he's got a bronze medal to add to to his other results. So that was awesome. Now, David Trummer, I don't know that much about him. And he seems, I'd heard of his name and I'd seen him. And then all of a sudden, he just seems to have gone from sort of here. And then he's like, bang. Like, he, he won in Innsbruck, right? Yeah, something has just clicked, and it was last year was this big breakout year. And what he managed to do was kind of put himself in the top 10 most races. 
And if he wasn't like top 10, he was like 14th. And it was a year where some of the big wigs fell away. So he was top 10 in the in the overall of the World Cup, and which has now secured him. But he's only 26 years old as far as I know. I've been doing so much research. I'm not forgetting which, which age. But yes, he, he hasn't had the best career till now. But he is actually still young-ish. So yeah. it's coming at a good time. And he's hopped onto the YT mob. So Martin Whiteley's taken him under his wing. And he's beaming with confidence. He he came off a Crankworx win. so And that was against a really strong field. Not this field, but it was a strong field. There were a lot of guys doing like pre-race there. He is yeah. Austrian. So home race is good and bad. We all know how tough it is to perform at home. That's the one you really want to do well at. And that's why I said maybe not having all the crowd there. So, you know, you always have, like, friends come up, which is cool. And then you might be have, like, people you know but not that well. And they're at the races as well. Hey, good luck. You're looking good. Go. you got to do it. You know, and those are inputs that are tough to ignore. So maybe having this quieter world champs helped him. But what a ride. I mean, but what a yeah. ride to keep it together at home on your world not, champs. Not get overexcited. He, he, looked, he looked solid. Like, he yeah. looked really good. Um, he rode, he rode it composed and and looked really, really good. Yeah, I think he'll take some confidence with this um, going forward. I mean, he's got some more wet weather probably coming his way. You know, with the with the season being so late, so he'll definitely be brimming with confidence. Spoke about it a little bit before. It's, it's uh, how emotional was was Wilson. Oh, oh, unbelievable, wasn't it? I don't yeah. think he. He, I saw one of his interviews and he said he thought that if he was come out of the top five, he'd be satisfied. But, you know, we all know how far a top a fifth can be off the win. I mean, it's especially in those conditions with the larger time gaps and so on. And, man, he's just, I don't know, just watching him when he come down early, it's like, what, what? what is so different about what he is doing and what everybody else is doing because it looked completely different. But he was doing it in practice already. It, it, yeah. it was just like he he just came into the race committed from the get-go. There wasn't much doubt. There wasn't really seemingly worrying about other people and what lines they were going to do. Like He was just like embracing the condition. Well, you kind of have to if you live in Scotland. Like, what other choice do you have but to go and ride in the crap? Otherwise, you don't ride in the off-season, right? No, you don't. No. We used to do winters here, and you would ride every, say, you ride Tuesday, Thursday, and it would be in the mud. So you'd be pressure washed. You'd have to pressure wash the truck. You'd have to pressure wash your bikes, all of your kit, your shoes, everything. That's just for a practice training ride. Yeah, practice. So you go out and do a day's worth of runs, 10, 15 runs, wherever it was. You would be you would be power washing for a good two hours after after it, cleaning everything up to, to go again. And and he, he clearly has done a lot of that. Yeah, I mean, he would just like, you know, just consciously be getting on with with riding better than others. You know, it was like, not that you were like negative, but I think when you're not used to it, you're like, okay, I need my rain gear and then I got to clean my rain gear and then I got to get ready for the next. There's a lot of energy that goes into a wet race. Yeah. The mechanics work harder. The rider works harder. It's mentally more draining. So maybe for him, it wasn't as mentally draining to get through four days of grim weather. No, nah. 
he his to me his his race run was uh, and I I think I could probably speak for you also is when you just ride and you ride for fun whether it's in the Alps or wherever at your local and it's totally instinctive you're not mulling through a section in your head over and over and over again which I used to do and it would wear my I'd wear myself out by doing it because I just wanted to make sure that I was pinpoint accurate and he didn't look like he he looked like he was completely free of worry and thoughts he was just executing on instincts in in riding in his most natural form that's interesting because someone like loik uh, greg uh, they're so good at their preparation greg says he rises to the occasion because if there were five things to tick at a world cup at a world champs there's like 15 more things that he needs to tick and he and he gets his conference from preparation you can do that on a dry track you can be inch perfect you can be pedal stroke perfect you can't do that on that type of track it's like yeah. it's like the the Mike Tyson quote to Muhammad Ali or whatever. Everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face. Well, you basically <laughs> get punched in the face as you drop in because it's snowing. Like what plan yeah. can you actually have, you know? Some yeah. of the lines were still there, but down in the woods, I mean, some they just weren't going to ride like they did. And remember, they did practice in the morning, right? Yeah. Then yeah, like yeah. they're waiting hours till they run. So a lot of those ruts were not the same. And the lines were reasonably like okay i'm gonna go above that route and i'm gonna go high and then the drop but man yeah. it would have ridden a lot different yeah he wrote on instinct that's a, a pretty good one i think his practice pace his lines his commitment i'm looking at some of these notes he has had a podium before fourth at fort william his best yeah. worlds was a 16th he hasn't had the bestest of careers to date and he has dealt with a lot of adversity there's been injuries he mentioned in those interviews, like he's thought about giving it up. Yeah. You yeah. know, it could easily go the other way. If, you, if you're expecting certain results when you're younger and you don't get them, some people take, take longer to, to tick off some of those results. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you, it, very few people come, come in and, and succeed in any sport. And I think that, that Daniel is a, <clears throat> a steep learning curve especially you know the transition from domestic racing to international racing and these sort of things you need experience you need time there's very few athletes that um can just do it but uh, having said that having those lows and those knockbacks and poor races and whatever it, it builds you it, it builds you as a person and you know he's obviously come through a lot to a, you know <laughs> That's the biggest. That's the biggest achievement he will ever do. It'll be interesting to see what this means to him going forward, and and how tough it is. You know, we we've seen even with the likes of Danny Hart, how tough the year after that was. You know, winning the World Champs. Now you want to prove you can win again. You want to prove you can win a World Cup. You haven't. Now you haven't won a World Cup. Yeah. And and granted, Loic hadn't won a World Cup before his first elite title. And that weighs on you, you know, you don't, you know, um, people are quick to, to say, okay, well, the conditions were different or someone got lucky. I, I mean, I don't believe in that. I think he earned that. He, he did the best run on the day. It's world champs. It's, that's what makes world champs so unique. But it'll be interesting to see what sort of pressure uh, comes from that and, and, and how he deals with that moving forward. 
there's, there becomes expectation, doesn't it? So yeah. with achievement, there becomes there comes expectation. He's got he's got a multi million dollar brand behind him in Trek that will have an expectation now. There'll be a big ad campaign. There'll be people that he wants to go go and test in so and so, which he didn't have before. Go and do this. Go and do that. Uh, meet these meet this distributor in this far off country is a lot of pressure that comes with or seems to i don't obviously i don't know myself but up from what i've don't seen worry, first, me either. <laughs> um, expectation is heavy and um you do know, you think some, you think you'll take my call to come on the podcast or do you think like now that he's one he's going to be too big too big for uh having a call he'll definitely take your call all right you'll text him for me will you I don't have his number, but I can Insta him. <laughs> he did reply to my Insta. No, he's... I like... I also like what those guys are doing. I like Wilson. I think Charlie Harrison obviously got injured. But I like yeah. what the trick... I like the I like the team vibe that they've built there. Those guys look to be having fun, like serious fun, you know? Yeah. Reminds me a bit yeah. like me and you. As some people might have thought we weren't serious, but they obviously didn't train with us, but... You know, at the race, yeah. we were just, like, having a good time, you know. And, and I think, like, keeping the mood light while dealing with some of the, the biggest pressure you'll ever feel, you know. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I think that they look like they're having fun and they look like they're enjoying their bikes. And that is the important thing, you know, enjoying the bikes, enjoying each other's company and, and racing well. And, you know, with the success that they've had, you know, in a short time, really, like Andrew Chandra is a, a super cool guy to be mentoring and running the program, and he's obviously doing a good job. Yeah, I wanna, I wanna just gl- glance kind of through the results, make sure we didn't, you know, there were obviously standout rides. Fishbug. I want, I want to just mention Bruni. Um, yeah. Obviously, he is the opposite. He is riding with a world of pressure on his on his shoulders, but I feel that the first crash must have had some issue with his front brake. Of some kind? Yeah, exactly. I've been trying to get some more info on that and I haven't been able to confirm it, but it did seem a little bit out of the ordinary and then he was kind of playing with the brake a lot and then it was just like so almost sad to watch. You're like, you know, is this how he's going to give back the jersey, like a mechanical or a crash and then like, you know, it's just so tough to get down the hill. He just wants the run to be over. Yeah, yeah. I mean, clearly there was, he didn't have, I don't. I, I think that he can't have had two breaks. He must have only had one. Um, whether it damaged the line or something, because he pulled the lever after the first crash, and then he crashed uh, quite quickly. And again. who knows? Who knows when it started? His splits were like groundbreaking: ninth, eleventh, eighth, and then the big issues. But was the brake acting up? These things can happen. I mean, uh, Aaron Gwynn at World Champs there has had had brake issues, so. That that always can happen. Yeah, what what a race. There was lots of standout rides. Anyone that got down the hill without a crash crash, incredible. Johannes Fischbach, I mean, he's he's becoming quite the downhiller. Um yeah, it was definitely a good race to stay on your bike, that we know. Um yeah, I appreciate you coming on. I don't know if you've got any final thoughts or anything else you wrote down that we should uh, chit chat about. Um no, I don't have. I think we've covered everything that I had on my on my notes. I think that this sets up, you know, these, this this sort of busy next two weeks that they have. It sets up some really interesting 
some really interesting, you know, points to to keep an eye on. You know, how does Wilson cope with, you know, he's got the rainbows on next weekend, and um, and that'll be interesting. And then how do these guys bounce back? All the favourites who you would expect to be in the medal positions that that weren't a consistent three, um, um, Bruni, Brosnan, and Danny Hart. Mm. They like they've got to turn a year round now because it's not become you know that that big goal has has gone. Um, so yeah, obviously Pirion's um, Amory's out, um, so we'll that'll miss him. But uh, I'm really interested to see how these guys come back. Yeah, I think I think Reese Wilson. I mean, literally 2020 is like tick success. Like yeah, I could go back w- home now. Like cool. Like give me a beer. Let's go race some. Like, I think he got caught at McDonald's this morning. Like, to me, like, hopefully it's like whew, pressure off. Like, the year is a success. Let's like try throw a few cherries on top and have some fun with it. It seems like hopefully if he takes that attitude, it'll be good for him. And then the other guys, I think they're going to be hungry. They're like, okay, just that race is now done. We ticked the first one off. You know, let's try try salvage it. I think they'll be pretty hungry. Um, I think the likes of I think Greg has done enough pre-racing to be up to pace his splits. Yeah, I think I think he'll be there. Loris, Loic, yeah, Danny, all these guys, and then it'll be interesting to see what what Quinn can do. Yeah, I think he'll I think he'll build by Maribor race two. Hopefully, loser. I think I think he he'll be right up there. Yeah, for sure. That yeah, that'll be a that's a one to look out for definitely. But it is interesting. Like it, um. His his riding style and when he really demolished the fields, they were. I'm not going to say he can't do it in the rain, but like when he really pushes, you know, it's like dry, gnarly, rough, you know, all out tracks. Yeah. So it's interesting if he can like get back to like putting gaps into guys, you know. Well, like Maribor is pretty technical, especially if it's muddy. Yeah. Lo- losers steep. Rooty. Yeah, Rooty. It's like a little bit more finicky, you know. It's not just like flat out Monsonan, flat out Val de Sol when it's dry. Yeah, no. But I think yeah, once Gwyn gets on a run, then it's just like one or two. Well, like one thing just needs to click for him, and then you know, that's kind of how it goes. So, yeah, we're not taking away from any of these riders, and these are all just us sitting bench racing. Though, Mark, I appreciate you coming on. It's awesome as always to catch up, and uh, I look forward to doing more of these. It's it's nice to sit on the other side of of the tape and, and look in, and I appreciate all your insights. Uh, yeah, they're brilliant. Yeah, that's cool. Thank you very much for your time, and thanks for having me. Cool. Cheers, mate. All right. See you later. And there you have it. Thanks so much to Mark Beaumont for coming on the show, sharing his thoughts, his insights. He's got a lot of experience. It's nice to catch up with him. Super fun to have him on the podcast. Guys, if you enjoyed the episode, please share it with a friend. Make sure you rate, subscribe, do all those things on all those platforms for me. I really appreciate hearing your feedback. It makes me want to push out more of these things. I don't like to date these episodes, but guys, the racing for 2020 and a weird COVID year has kicked off for the World Championships the past week. And this week, if you're listening to this, make sure you tune in because Maribor World Cup is happening and there are two races one on friday and one on sunday so don't miss that guys until the next one stay well